Good morning. Um, my name is Isaac. Today's Bible, well, there's two Bible passages. One is from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 9 to 11. And the second is from John chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. By way of explanation, when um, the name of God, Yahweh, is used in the Bible, it's usually shown as Lord, all in capitals. Uh, but when Lord Yahweh is used in the Bible, it's not shown as Lord Lord, it's shown as Sovereign Lord, which is in today's passage. Isaiah 40, verse 9 to 11. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And from John chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Well, good morning, friends. <clears throat> it's uh, great to be back with you again. Uh, we're looking uh, at our series of uh, the great I Am passages uh, in John. Uh, and, and a reminder that uh, Jesus takes up this uh, royal I Am. It was the same um, uh, feel that uh, when Moses was in the desert, you know, the story of the burning bush, and he asked uh, God, who should I say has sent me? And God said, tell them, I am has sent you. And Jesus takes this I am uh, passage uh, in John. And so we're looking at number six this morning, where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd in John 10, 11. Thinking about things, how honourable was the profession of the shepherd to the ancient Jews. Sure, they had to live outside in all kinds of uh, weather. Uh, they probably smelt like sheep. They maybe even looked a bit like sheep. But the fact that they could never so frequently be likened to God as a shepherd and themselves the sheep. If we do a close study, 80 times 
in the Bible, God is called the shepherd of Israel. And this imagery employed in some of the most beautiful and tender passages in God's word. As we had in Isaiah 40, it says, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom. And he shall gently lead those with young. And this expresses the nature of God, doesn't it? Isaiah writing some 700 years before Christ. How wonderful. And of course, the best love psalm in the world opens with the statement, the Lord is my shepherd. And it's an interesting exercise, if you want to try this at home, try and substitute the word shepherd with any other profession or occupation. And you'll be hard pressed to find something that really fits the same as a shepherd. And it's then that we realize how highly regarded the profession of a shepherd was. And I'd like for us to dwell for a moment uh, on that most uh, beautiful of Psalms that expresses biblical language about shepherds, namely the 23rd Psalm. And hopefully we can parallel that with, I am the good shepherd. And so we see how it works. We know that the psalm was written by David and who was once a shepherd. So how amazing is that for the king of all Israel who knew what it was to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I am his sheep. He remembers how hard the work of a shepherd is because the shepherd had to work hard for the sheep. And he states his faith in God that he will never want, I shall not want, but even find him uh, some more of his needs. We know that there are the basic needs in life. And we strive to get those. But there's something in the good shepherd that gives us something more. Something more than just mere existence. We know that we'll be led into green pastures where we can feed and feast, where we can relax, where we can lay down. So much of this world is busy. Busy, busy, busy. Appointments, work, pressure, everything is busy. And that's the biggest thing I hear from people when I sit down and talk with them. Oh, I'm so busy. Where can I find the time? I'm so stressed out. The Lord is my shepherd. He'll lead me to green pastures where we can lay down. He will guide us to still waters. Sheep do not like fast running, noisy water. Whether they might get a little bit of water sprinkled on their nose or something, they like quiet waters, still waters. And so a shepherd, if they came to a fast running stream, would build a little dam 
a little, uh, little cove where the water could come in and quieten down, the sheep could come and drink. Still waters. He restoreth my soul. Is a four-word sentence over which we pass too quickly. There was an ancient law uh, stating that uh, if a straying sheep was caught on another uh, person's property and could be proven that it had been more than 24 hours, the owner of the property in which the, street, which the sheep strayed onto could claim the sheep. And hence, greedy owners of land adjacent to grazing fields would often dig pits, cover them over <clears throat> with succulent grass so that the sheep would come along, see the succulent grass, go to eat it and fall in the pit. And the pit was deep enough that it would smother the cries of the sheep. And unless the shepherd came quickly, he would lose the, even the legal right to his own sheep. And you can read that in Exodus 21, verse 33. So the shepherd must go out and seek the wandering sheep, those that are lost. And so we see that the good shepherd goes out, leaves the 99 and goes and finds the one left. Because unless the good shepherd goes, the evil property owner would claim it. Unless the good shepherd restores our souls, we should be lost indeed. He leads me into paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We're back in the day where there were no written references. There were no papers. A man relied on his name his reputation. If you were starting out, you'd have to start out small and be trusted in small things until your name was such that people could trust you with larger things, bigger things. And so a shepherd wouldn't do anything foolish that might ruin his name or ruin his reputation. And so it was with God. He's not going to do anything that will ruin him. We lead in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. No one would trust a shepherd who didn't know a true path from a false one. And that's difficult these days. In the world of influences, the world of uh, social media, so much pressure... What is a true path? Some paths stop at the edge of a cliff. And if the sheep were to go up there, they'd find it difficult to turn around. The sheep coming behind would bunch up and sure enough, some would be lost over the, over the edge. We have to know the difference between a true path and a false path. And how as sheep do we do that? We listen to the shepherd's voice. We follow him. 
David feels that God will lead those who trust in him along that path, that true path. And through, though it may be hard, steep, rugged, dangerous, as you pass through the wilderness, paths along which God leads us, always his true paths will bring us out to where he wants us to be. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, even in dark valleys, as it says. The dark valley itself, the good shepherd has already been through and brought it, has come out on the other side. The original of the psalm does not contain the word death. There are those that have seen dark, gloomy places Remember we did a, uh, a Bible study of uh, the promised land a number of years ago. And one of the things that we did was we went through the wadis in Jordan and, uh, and in uh, Palestine. And they're tricky places, easy to get lost, like a maze. You think you're right, and then suddenly down into a dark ravine and you had to go. We passed through it, up into some good pasture land. And it's not hard to understand why someone would be reluctant to travel through there. That's where wild animals and robbers would be waiting for the hapless traveller. But though we walk through the gloomy ravine, I fear no evil, for you are with me. For you are with me. The shepherd would carry a club for this dangerous uh, profession. He would have the club tied to his uh, belt, ready to defend the sheep from any wolves or anything else that may, may come. That was the rod. And the staff, well, we know the familiar picture of the staff with the hook on the end. It was often there to move briars or other things out of the path or to pull the leg of the sheep that started to wander away. The shepherd used the staff to leap over the stream without getting his feet wet. Leafy branches could be broken and torn down for the goats that were also in the, in the herd. And I tell you what, I was very keen uh, when I was over there to look at the shepherds, at the, the flocks that they, they had there. And tell you what, it's pretty hard with those breeds to tell the difference between a sheep and a goat. About the only real way to tell is that sheep's tails hang down, goats' tails stick up. That's about the only way. They all look the same. And so the shepherd would be there preparing a table. He could deal with any situation. He would look for a, a flat piece of area for the sheep to graze. But before, though, he would walk the area, making sure that there were no, no holes, no little pits that, 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 the sheep, that the sheep could fall in. 
He'd clear the air of any snakes or any other dangers. He would keep his eye on the sheep. And occasionally, if he wanted to rest, he would stick the um, staff in the ground and put his cloak and maybe his hat on it so that the sheep who really don't have very good eyesight, they can only see about 20 metres. And if they got a bit nervous, they could look up and see this image. But if they weren't, if they didn't settle down, the shepherd would simply talk to his sheep. And that reassuring word would calm them. And so it is that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The sheep know my voice. The sheep, if they get nervous, know my voice. So it is. So tightly does this 23rd Psalm, and I am the good shepherd. We can see the interactions. And this is what Jesus picks up. He says, I am the shepherd. I'm the true shepherd. I'm not just a hired hand who runs away at the, the first hint of danger. I am the shepherd that prepares the table, who leads the sheep for the work of God. So I want us to have a look at, at four functions of Jesus the Good Shepherd. The first is that he is a faithful friend of the sheep. For in the Old Testament, the word for shepherd and the word for friend come from the same root. That God is with us seems to be a golden thread of comfort that runs throughout the Bible. It's that I am with you. Enoch walked with God. Abraham was called a friend of God. To Moses also a shepherd came the message, I will be with you. Joshua could be strong and of good courage because the Lord was with him. David, the shepherd, became spiritually a sheep in the care of the shepherd who never deserted his sheep. It was when Elijah, though he was all, thought he was all alone and his courage broke, but in that small, still voice assured him that he was not alone. Elijah felt himself surrounded by, by forces of unseen enemies, but then felt the supporting presence of God. And so we read, if you read through the prophets, that golden thread from Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Hosea, right through to Micah, with his simple demand to do justly, love mercy and walk humbly with God. When we do these things, we can feel his presence. And how perfectly is the nature of the good shepherd revealed in those words about Jesus. Seeing the multitude, he was moved with compassion because they were a sheep not having a shepherd. As he walked into Jerusalem. And even in the pains of, trying, of the disciples trying to understand what Jesus meant when he said, I'm going to my death. 
and they were distraught. They didn't want the shepherd to leave them. What did he say? Do not fear. Do not worry. I will give you another comforter that he may be with you forever. It closes with a picture of the redeemed. He says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. For you know, you've been told, trust in me. And nowhere are we promised by the Good Shepherd that the journey will be an easy one. That we won't have wilderness experiences. Nowhere are we promised that all danger will be abolished, that we will uh, be on smooth paths. The road will be rocky, full of thorns. There'll be slippery places, dark places. But what the Good Shepherd promises is, is that he will be with us. He'll be with us each and every step of the way. His sheep need to listen to his voice. Know that he has the best intentions for us. He promises that he will never lose any of his sheep. The second point on which I thought we could uh, would like to dwell is the shepherd goes before the flock. Interesting concept, isn't it? We, we in Australia think of having huge mobs of sheep with a shepherd behind with a few dogs that would drive them. And again, it was with interest when I was there in, in Israel, in Jordan, watching shepherds go out the front. He would lead them. He would call them, come on, sheep. I don't know what it is in the right language. But he would call to his sheep and the sheep would follow. And so it is that the most beautiful picture that we celebrate in the year at Christmas, the incarnation, God himself became man and dwelt with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. And still the good shepherd is with us today. Not only has he passed through this world, known what it was to wear human flesh, know its limitations, frustrations, irritations, to live a humble life, to experience more cunning temptations and keener sorrows than we shall ever know. But he's still with us sharing in our troubles, pleading before the Father, before his throne. The good shepherd will bring us home. In another sense, he goes before us. There's a tendency on part of some to regard him as someone who belongs in the past. He lived a good life. He was a, a, a nice moral man, taught us some good things. Yes, spoke many beautiful words, died a horrible death. 
but then passed as everyone else does into the great silence. But that's so great about the resurrection. Up from the grove, he rose and walks before us today. The glorious truth that it, it is that he is in our future. If he is what he claims to be, far from being out of date or irrelevant, he is supreme, supremely relevant because all values will be tested by him. All that we build will be tested by him. It's no good pretending. It's no good being polite. One day we will all be judged. We'll be judged by the works of our hands. Revelation tells us that the sheep and the goats will be separated. The good shepherd knows the difference. He knows those who follow him. He knows those that depart from him. For Jesus, the good shepherd, keeps the flock together. When sheep are troubled, they look to the shepherd, as I said before. They look for his presence. Any disturbance can scatter the flock. We've seen that down the years in various places. The shepherd is important. In our world, unfortunately, we get tarred by the brush of others. Those that have fallen, those good shepherds that have run away, the good shepherds who've been dishonest, who are truly hired hands. But it's only when the sheep can look to the shepherd that we are kept together. The sheep need to be convinced of the shepherd is leading them somewhere. And that's the difficulty in ministry. Being a good shepherd, not the good shepherd, a good shepherd. Knowing when to call the sheep. Knowing how to lead. Knowing how to comfort But he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Now, if we're looking for something to look at, we look at the cross. If we want to hear his voice, we read his word. And that's most important. So if you're not in a Bible study, if you're not in a group, and if you're not regularly worshipping, you can stray away. My last point is implied what I've already said, that the good shepherd makes us feel that we belong. And isn't that one of the most fundamental of human emotions? that we fit in, that we belong, that we feel loved. 
And within Christ, not only is there love, there is purpose. There's more to life than just going to work, earning money. There is purpose. In sharing the good news, shining the light. Yes, it's difficult. But as Martin Luther said, the heart of a religion is in its personal pronouns. There's no emotion so necessary to true religion nor so fundamental to it as a sense of belonging to God, that we are his. And what a profound truth. Jesus, the good shepherd, is willing to say, you are my sheep. I am your shepherd. Are you willing to say that? Are you willing to say, the Lord is my shepherd? Let's pray. Holy and gracious God, you call us by name. You know the very numbers of hair on our heads. You are our beloved one. And you beckon us to follow you. So may we do so through your grace. And like a shepherd tending the flock, you tend to our needs. So be present with those who struggle and suffer, those who are in pain or sorrow. Guide those who are lost or filled with fear and worry. Protect those who are in harm's way. Heal those who are ill. Mend those that are broken, as only your love and grace and mercy can. For you are, are our great God of peace. And watch over those who do lead us in various governments and various churches. Fill our leaders with your wisdom, patience, insight and mercy and help them to lead with kindness and strength. Our great God of love, fill our hearts with the knowledge of you so that our cups overflow that we can turn from the distractions of life and follow that true path to be more like you. And Father, may we, may we be agents of your compassion, offering kindness to those we meet in our daily lives. And God of all blessings, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for your son, our saviour, our great good shepherd, the one who stands at the gate of all life's challenges and joys, calling us by name and calling us out into his love, knowing that we are truly loved by him. For all this and more we pray, amen.